It's the Winning Ticket Podcast, where having fun is minus 1,000. With your hosts, Dean Contrino, Joe Hoffman, Zach Nasciolo, and Johnny Della Luna. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. I found my voice, I found my breath. I'm so happy to join uh, Dean and Zach today. I'm John, of course. Joe, we're missing today, but we're going to potentially hear for some, uh, some of his picks later, and we'll go over some stuff that happened last week. But, oh, wow, yeah. it's it's been tough. I'm happy to be back, guys, without belaboring the point. Uh, sucks. Um, <laughs> take care of yourself, wear your masks, you know, social distance, be kind to your friends and family. You know, and uh, I know Dean, you were struggling with that too. So it's oh, yeah. like, you know, John, yeah, you know, what's funny. Uh, I think that we were in a contagious zone when we were recording this very <laughs> podcast. So, you know, we put John and I put our bodies on the line for you guys. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening to us while we are, you know, working really hard to deliver you guys audio. Of course, the last three weeks we switched to Zoom. And, um, you know, from the feedback that we've gotten, it, our show hasn't really missed a step. So good job, us, specifically. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Hooray>. <laughs> Great job, us. It go, goes to show that Woo-hoo! the week that I had COVID, I was having fever spikes all day Sunday. Mm-hmm. I go fucking 3-0 and in Big yep. Bank. Uh, I'm curious how you guys did, too. It seemed like a good week for everybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, of course, if you're um, following... If you're following us on Instagram at WinningTXPod, also on Twitter, um, we have been posting a graphic that I believe we're like mm-hmm. nine and one in the graphic post. Yeah. And this week was all question marks. So you had to listen along in order to know what it was. Actually, my lock of the week for uh, a unit and a half was the Ravens in the first quarter. And that one hit pretty easily. I think it was seven nothing after the first. So, um, yeah, of course, I went two and one and it made up some some nice little ground uh, really quick for a nice little standings. Um, Zach is up 1.95 units, uh, almost two. I'm up 1.3. John's up 1.19, and Joe is down about three. As a podcast, we are up points, uh, about three quarters of a unit. So if you listen along to every single play, we're 23, 24, and one. But we are up money because of our plus odds. Of course, Zach's teasers, which we do have a new segment specifically for that. I know that um, the fans were loving the teasers and they wanted a specific little segment for it so that I could just timestamp it. You know, I have to do all the all the bitch work and uh, timestamping <laughs> stuff. So, yeah, Zach's going to be isolated for his teaser. We know that a lot Let's of fans go. like to follow along to, to that one. Yeah, I love that we're up as a podcast. If someone out there is literally taking every bet that we say, God bless you, <laughs> but we are up. <laughs> we're up money. You know, yeah. you're, you're not down money. So you, you know what's uh, funny about that point, John? And actually, uh, you know, I'm usually the concept guy. I know that a couple of weeks ago I bored you guys while John and I were contracting COVID together. Um, <laughs> I bored you guys with some teaser stats and figures and stuff. Of course, the teaser expert will will go into his own segment today, which is not me, of course. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm going to be talking concepts today. And and of course, John, you you had mentioned if you take every single play that we did, uh, mathematically with four or five different people, I know Mikey celeb shot 2-0 that one week. But if you take every single play that we post, um, of course, I would encourage it. It, It's, you know, our commitment. But you also have to realize that we're in a competition against each other. So we are trying to go against the grain and we're kind of trying to outsmart each other as well. So I just want want to put that in as a, a little 
you know, benchmark. Also, on weeks that we say that we love our plays, uh, really take it seriously because, you yeah. know, aside from my 0-3 week, I'm 6-2-1. and So um, I didn't love week two, and I, I went 0-3. So mm -hmm. it's one of those things that you really want to pay attention to us. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into the gray area of saying, like, oh, yeah, well, this is my lock, and this is something that I like and kind of like. Like, you know, if, if we're saying it, we like it enough to talk about it. But uh, just keep that in mind, that, that we'll let you know when we really love a play. And uh, spoiler yeah. alert, I love one of my plays this week. That's, that's awesome. I, I completely agree. I think that the competition certainly provides entertainment value, I think, for you guys, but also keeps us honest because we're not just going to be making lazy picks every single week. In fact, it's hard to because I, I, I would almost rather lose money myself than to give advice and have someone else lose money. You know, I could take the L, but someone going, hey, man, you know, like I, I took this, this team this week. What the hell happened? You know, I, I don't want to be put in that position. So when I give a pick, I mean, it is full-fledged. I expect to win it every time. And, and I think everyone can say that, though. And speaking of that, just to talk about my picks very briefly last mm -hmm. week, it's yeah. funny because I was actually bailed out by my teaser, which is I thought was comical because it's like you have to have three outcomes to, you know, to mm -hmm. basically have one. Um, but just briefly, like, I, I will face this by saying I was very confident in the Patriots bet. Then Cam Newton contracted COVID on mm. Saturday. Oh, and yeah. With that being said, honestly, the handicap was there because Bill Belichick game plan perfectly. Literally should have been a turnover on Mahomes. The defense kept it close. Without the turnovers, I mean, that, that was an easy cover. Legitimately. Yeah. And that was, that was with two backup quarterbacks. It was a second and third string quarterback. Yeah. So if Newton plays that game, I think the Patriots, honest to God, I think they had a very good chance of winning outright. Completely agree, especially because yeah. Mahomes threw two picks, really, that got dropped. And, of course, they didn't count um, because the Patriots did not catch it. One was right in McCourty's hands. Also, a pick six um, thrown right to Edelman. I believe that Joe actually has a play on the Patriots a little bit later. So, um, yeah, that's right, panels, uh, panelists. I did get Joe's picks in right in time. Nice. So uh, we will react to those live. That, that play by Edelman, man, watching that again. Talk about lazy. Like, come on, dude. You're a vet. Get your hands on the ball. Like, it just – Maybe he's not feeling well either, mm. but you know, it's been, it was that kind of game for the Patriots. They couldn't get their quarterbacks on the same page with their offense. And they had to travel that day. I forget what the stat was. Yeah. Like the last time a team had traveled the same day they played was years and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously I guess we should address this. You know, there's going to be a lot of scheduling changes. Right. Titans seem to be hit hard by this. Mm. And, you know, we're going to – I mean, we're obviously going to give you plays as we hear them. If uh, You know, a I don't think anyone has the Titans today. I think we're kind of staying away. Any teams that have some COVID problems, it's like th that's a different day for a different bet. I think um, – we'll I keep think on top of those. I think, John, to that point, I think now uh, because of the shifting schedules and stuff, don't you want a group of uh, handicappers – Really, we are a group um, that we all look up stuff and research stuff, and we're really on the cutting edge. I know that we have a lot of connections, too, in the industry. Um, so, yeah, now's the perfect time. I harp on it all the time. This will be my one and only time. You're going to want to follow us on Twitter, at WinningTXPod, and you're also going to want to uh, make sure that you subscribe to the Slack channel free month. Actually, we might be switching our hosting. I'm going to have some announcements on that Ooh, on okay. Twitter, which should make it easier. I know that some feedback that we've gotten about the Slack channel was that it has been difficult to gain access. I know that one of us has to send a code and this and that. So if you experience that, don't worry, it's going to get a little bit easier. And um, yeah, of course, now is the time to do it more so than ever. We will let you know of the, the travel changes and the scheduling changes and how that impacts teams a lot quicker than an audio podcast. For sure. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And just just one more little tidbit that has nothing to do with football. I am recording this while watching the Yankees elimination game right now. And for those who don't know, I'm a diehard Yankee fan. And Luke Voigt 
just absolutely fucking Slam stepped one. on one to make it <laughs> one nothing. So I'm doing my best to make sure I put it on mute every time I fucking scream because John and Dean just saw me going nuts right now. On I was celebrating too. <laughs> we're uh, we're clearly you know we're New York, New Jersey. Oh. We're a Homer Pod. You might even hear a Giants play later in mm. the episode. Stay tuned for that. I think first though, guys, I have a couple questions. But- it's time for John asks. All right. Thank you for coming to the quiet. I don't even know. I'm trying to make this bit work. I don't even know what adjective to use. I just want to talk about stuff in the news and talk. I say more intellectual, but let's face it. I'm a schmuck. You know, I'm not talking intellectual. I kind of, I kind of imagine it. Uh, John, uh, now this is, this is definitely right up your alley. What was that show with James Lipton? Was that inside? Oh my the yes, studio? yes, you're right. That, that is the vibe inside the actor studio. Every that, time that we go to John S, I just imagine you. I, I believe, uh, um, you know, this might be dating myself, but my only memory <laughs> of James Lipton is the parody of him on Mad TV. So I just imagine <laughs> that. I believe it was Will Sasso. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I would if it's it's funny because the drop is it's actually my wife's voice and it's almost a little sultry sounding but it mm-hmm. probably should be more like like encyclopedia britannica like some kind of some kind of noise for that but but anyway i love to ask you guys questions i actually thinking a lot about these this week um as the season goes on i think my questions probably get a little bit better um just because there's more to talk about so the one thing i wanted to address is bill o'brien is outski he's gone banished to the non-coach land, he's uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's 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 with. I was just about to say he's with Ben McAdoo, but he's not. Ben McAdoo is a job. <laughs> ben McAdoo's uh, employed. Jaguars quarterbacks coach. So I have to ask you guys: with Bill O'Brien gone, there is a new, as far as I'm concerned, a new team total for the Houston Texans. Now mm-hmm. bear in mind that they're 0 4. You guys know that. Uh, and now we're looking at essentially a record uh, of 12 games. This is a surprising line for me. The line is five and a half. Mm-hmm. Would you take the over or would you take the under? Um, I'll start this one. I will. I would actually go with the over, um, mainly because the Titans, um, you know, really essentially not holding team activities for the last two weeks. Um, you know, of course, that will that will affect the team, especially some of their guys that are on the COVID injury list. Um, of course, AJ Brown was banged up without that, but. Now we got wide receiver two Corey Davis and also the slot receiver Adam Humphreys, both on the COVID list, missing at least three games. I think, um, of course, I don't have the the Texans schedule handy, but I think my biggest knock on the Texans um, through the first first four weeks, and of course, I watched the entire Texans game last week because they played the Vikings, but um, I think the one thing that jumped out at me was their play calling was inexcusable it was insanely horrible you have a guy like deshaun watson you can't get anything out of him like uh the fact that the texans were even in that game in the fourth quarter was a complete miracle to me and honestly it was because harrison smith got ejected from the game for a helmet to helmet uh contact that i don't think he should have even been penalized on Uh, it was pretty much shoulder but anyway i digress i think that the texans uh get a huge uptick because their division is bad romeo cornell will be a little bit better as long as you keep bill o'brien far away from the play calling um apparently there was um such animosity towards him that jj watt almost kicked his ass uh during week three practice i don't know if you guys saw saw that that yeah that's very interesting but I think the locker room uh, kind of will galvanize around Romeo Cornell. He's a guy who's been there. He's won before. I think that, you know, as long as they don't have a, a complete moron calling the plays, I think that you're going to get a couple wins. And very specifically, I'm targeting the division. I think that the, the Texans could easily win four divisional games, um, okay. and then they just have to pick out two random ones on their schedule. Yeah. Cool. Zach, what do you think? 
Dean, you hit the nail on the head. I really don't have much to add. I think in this case, especially leaving the sour taste in the team's mouth after blowing that huge lead last year, just the built-up frustration mm -hmm. over Bill O'Brien's horrid play calling, mm -hmm. horrid general manager moves, setting the franchise back after extending your quarterback to that massive contract. Uh, I think the only place they can go is up, and they have ran the gauntlet of the hardest schedule in the NFL so far. I feel like it should get a lot easier moving forward. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, personally, I, I don't think I would lay any of my precious units on that bet. But if I had to, I would take the over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I, I like that a lot, too. You know, thinking about how uh, they were hit hard the first couple of weeks. I mean, arguably, people would say that they should have beaten the Vikings, both winless teams. But I think that I mean, Romeo Cornell has been in the NFL. Of course, I love him. He's a giant. Um you know, he's been in the NFL for years and years. So maybe he is that veteran presence to kind of kick them in the high gear. I do worry about Deshaun Watson, who I think is the second most sacked quarterback behind Joe Burrow right now. <clears throat> and and their running game is, is not where it needs to be. If they don't solve those problems, it could be a very long season. Um, and it sucks that a lot of their picks are tied to the Miami Dolphins. So it's kind of, it's not even like, you know, sometimes you root for the team to just tank, just get mm -hmm. through this season, get a high draft pick. But you can't even root for that. So if you're a Texans fan, it's rough. I will say this. <clears throat> I actually Googled this. I remember the – it was uh, January 7th, 2017. Wow, what a different world that was. Uh, <laughs> it was a playoff game, the Raiders and the Texans. I don't know if you guys remember this one. Mm -hmm. It was, was the – Connor Raiders Cook versus, What's up? Was that the Connor Cook game where uh, – I, I believe Connor's that hurt? was the Connor Cook game – the Raiders were supposed to be – they were so good with Derek Carr that year, and he got injured, and the Raiders had to uh, – mm -hmm. they were floundering. But I remember I watched that playoff game. In, in my world, I was in uh, California at a sales meeting. This is mm -hmm. why it's like it's stuck in my memory. <laughs> and I was the only person there at my sales meeting who was into football. And I had to watch – so I watched that whole game. And I thought to myself, you know what? This Texans team, I think it was right before Deshaun Watson was drafted. Mm -hmm. I said, I think Bill O'Brien's the right guy for this team. And you know what? Here we are three yep. you know, years later. And it was it's all downhill from there. Uh, John, I know that you famously last year were calling for his uh, career uh, – calling yep. for his job actually a lot last year. I believe yep. you had the Texans under last year. And also if you listen back to the AFC uh, preview episode, Joe had the Texans under and he uh, basically said that – their schedule combined with Bill O'Brien was um, yeah. just a play that he wanted to avoid. So um, Texans under is looking good, especially if they adjusted the line to five and a half, um, because I believe going into the season, it was eight and a half. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When you start on four, right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so, it, so it was, it's just strange. The NFL, it's the not for long league. You just never know. I mean, week to week, right. We're talking about team. We fade teams. We take teams in. So I just, I just thought that was that particular game is stuck in my mind. Like, <laughs> like uh, you know, it's like tattooed on my brain. <laughs> yeah. So that... I have another question for you guys. So we're four weeks in a quarter of the way into the season. This is an important juncture, you mm -hmm. know, in the NFL teams that are on four teams that are one and three, you're either your season's kind of over or you're, you're scrapping for anything. Uh, and then teams that are doing really well, you want to keep that momentum. So I'm curious, which of these two statistics are more sustainable? The best offensive team in points per game in the NFL right now are the Packers. They're averaging 38. On the flip side, the Colts' defense has been allowing the least points per game, 14. 
if you had to choose between the two of them, which is more sustainable? So I think that I'm going to go ahead and take this one too. I think that actually both um, stats are a symptom of the schedule. Um, the Colts okay. has had some pretty um, easy offenses that they played against. I know the Vikings on the road was a was a tough one. They played in Jacksonville was a, a big letdown game that they had. And then, um, of course, last week against the Bears, uh, you know, with Nick Foles, this offense doesn't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, the Packers, I, I would almost say the same thing, where they've had the benefit of good spots, um, you know, in Minneapolis with no fans, um, mm-hmm. whereas when they play at home against the Vikings, there probably will be fans. So um, that week one, nobody really knows what's going to happen. Uh, you know, of course, Packers playing at home against the Lions, at home against the Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, some really horrible secondaries all around. So and bad um, teams in general. Yes, very bad teams, I, I think. Um, personally, I think that the defensive one is a little bit more sustainable, mainly because okay. I feel like when it comes to some of these teams starting out, it kind of sets the tone for the season. Like the Colts st- uh, coming out to the staunch defense, I think that now it breeds confidence. If you look at all the teams like the Legion of Boom and like the 49ers last year, it, it, it goes from being like, hey, wow, this defense is pretty good, to now they have a certain kind of swagger about them. I know that we're very mathematically based, but, um, you know, this is kind of more of a, a momentum kind of thing. I think that the Colts' defense has momentum. Adding Xavier Rhodes to a prove-it deal was an amazing sign. I believe he leads the league in picks, and I think he has two pick sixes on the year. So he's been an wow. amazing sign just to be a slot corner, where, whereas last year the Vikings asked him to cover the the wide receiver one on every single team in travel. So um, I honestly think that the Colts have a really good defensive makeup. I think that they have the, the swagger of it as well, and I think that the rest of their schedule will allow them to continue to play staunchly, um, especially like like I just said with the Texans. Uh, they get to play the Texans. They get to play the Jaguars. They get to play the Titans. Um, those are th- – three offenses I think that this Colts defense could really do. And, of course, I think the Packers are just subject to who they play. Um, I think the offense is really good, and I think that they do move the ball um, very well. But I think that now they're starting to get into some cluster injuries with Devontae Adams coming out. I think once they start playing better teams with actual schemes and not the Falcons trotting out their eighth and ninth safeties, um, I think that when they play actual NFL caliber players, yeah, that's right. I'm taking a shot at the Falcons here. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm the biggest Robert Tanyan guy around, but I mean, I just don't think that he's going to get wide open against a team like, let's just say even the 49ers uh, at this injured juncture or when they play, you know, a better team. Sure. Sure. Zach, what do you think? I think we should change a segment to John asks Dean. Because... <laughs> sorry, dude. I'll let you go first next time. <laughs> no, no. Because I agree with everything you say, right? Um, uh, you know, 38 points a game is insane. Yeah. The Packers will f- – I mean, I think they're – I think both are harder. I mean, especially now, it seems like Indies must have a gigantic lead in the department of points allowed per game because I feel like this has just been a high-scoring uh, year so far, I believe – the over has hit an historic rate so far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for even though they haven't played the best talent, the fact that they're averaging 14 points given up per game is still impressive. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, you know, I think I think both are very hard to sustain. Uh, but I guess if there is one that would keep up, Indy kind of has the being in a weaker division might be a little bit easier for them. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I, I love looking at that because I was curious. I like to see when I go through the stats and ESPN has a great page on total offense and total defense. I like seeing, you know, like it is, do you think about it? They're like, wow, Colts only, only two touchdowns a game. But then the Packers are averaging over five touchdowns a game. It's like, it is. It's, it's like, how do, how do you possibly sustain that? And the, mm-hmm. the real answer is it's, it's hard to, and you probably don't, but yeah, yeah. 
you know, you, you try to, you, if you're the Colts, you're obviously a defensive team that's run first. The Packers, you know, the Packers defense is really none too great either. But when you're scoring 38 points, your, your defense can be not very good, you know, and it, and it works. Absolutely. So, so let's move on to our brand new segment. Zach, why don't you, why don't you talk us through here? Hey, guys. Welcome to Zach's Big Tease, baby. Uh, n- name is still being worked on. Uh, but basically what happened was we decided that we kind of wanted to give the tease its own segment because I've been doing it every week. And it kind of feels like, you know, it- it's hard to give a-, a successful teaser week in, week out for our big bank picks. We want to make sure we're handicapping more games. So from here on out for the rest of the year, you're going to get my beautiful teasers which I am 3-0 and on 6.3 team teasers this year, and I'm 0-1 on two-team uh, six-point teasers. So I'm going to keep with the three-team six-point because on DraftKings and FanDuel, uh, you're getting plus 160 odds, which is fantastic because yeah. you can really make that unit go a long way, and I've hit some big ones this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so this week, we're going to stick with all the themes that we talked about uh, throughout the entire podcast, which is key numbers and don't tease over zero. All right. So the first one I have, and I will have more on this game later, so I'm not going to talk a ton about it, is I have Chargers at Saints. I'm teasing this up to 14 and a half. Oh, gee, key number, 14. Put a hook on it. Wonderful. Fantastic. <laughs> all the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They could lose by two scores. We're good with it. It works. All right. And honestly – the Saints defense has been not so great. They're not disciplined. They have a ton of penalties. And not to mention, Herbert's been a world beater. I'll break down more of his stats later. My second game, intent, I also have money on this individually. I have the Rams, minus one and a half at Washington. We're teasing that down. All right? I don't think it's a question that the Rams are going to win this game despite a lackluster performance against the New York football giants last week, which, as a fan, was absolutely horrible to watch. All right. <laughs> As a better who had the Rams in their teaser last week, that Cooper Cup touchdown won me a lot of money and saved mm-hmm. my week. <laughs> so very, very conflicting odds. Amazing what gambling will do to you. Um, listen, you're, I, I don't know whether the benching of Haskins lost the team or made the team happy. I just know that it's very fucky to give up that soon on Dwayne Haskins, especially for a journeyman like Kyle Allen. We saw what he did on the Panthers. One week he's throwing four picks. The next week he's throwing four touchdowns. So he's truly a wild card. I do not like this spot for Washington at all. Just seems very fucky. We like that word here. (laughs) Talking about fucky, you know what's fucky? Division games, which is why I am going to extend to that Raiders line. Taking the Raiders plus 19 at Kansas City. Not really a key number here, right? But you got to figure that's three scores. It's two. That's two mm-hmm. touchdowns. Plus, eh, that's actually a little. Eh, well, you have three yeah, it's three scores. No matter yeah, how you slice it, it's three scores. Regardless. Mm-hmm. All right, Raiders are dealing with some cluster injuries on the offense, but this is a game where I could see Casey kind of lighting it up early and then taking the foot off the fucking pedal in the fourth quarter. For that reason, you love garbage time. Garbage time is going to mm-hmm. win you a ton of bets. This game smells. Plus, mm-hmm. weather something to look at in Kansas City. All right, there's going to be a lot of rain in the forecast for this weekend, which is stuff to work actually look at elsewhere. Um, but oh, yeah. KC's a little bit tougher to play when it is wet or weather out. Um, regardless, 19 points for a medi- – honestly, 19 points for a mediocre team 
is a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Anytime you're getting a middle of the pack team, all right, this isn't the Jets, this isn't the Giants, mm-hmm. this isn't Washington, this is the Raiders, who we saw them come out and actually beat the snot out of the friggin' Saints, which is an accomplishment, oh. right? So 19 points to me should be a very easy cover. I predict the Raiders to actually keep this within probably 7 to 14 point range. I'd be very surprised if I have to sweat this game out. And that is my teaser this week, guys. What do you think? Wow, that's that's really awesome. Um, especially, you know, you definitely turned a couple of heads when whenever you could tease a number like a seven and a half or, or an eight and a half up to a fourteen and a half. That's something that my ears are always going to perk up. I know that um, a lot of the pros around the the uh, gambling circles also look for a twos and two and a halfs as uh, key numbers. Twos and twos and a half to get to the eight, eight and a half, seven and a half, anywhere above a key number and below a key number. I completely agree with the Raiders pick um, too. I think that yeah. they are they, they were. They went from being like uh, pretty much like the the pseudo public darling to now people throwing them in the garbage. I think the Raiders are definitely good enough, and also Chiefs Raiders is a long time rivalry. I'd be yeah. shocked if they get the doors blown off. Dude, you gotta love division games, especially with that big of a spread, right? Because mm-hmm. let's be real, I think in any divisional game across NFL in any division, it, it all it takes is one fluky week for a team to not show up and get beat. Absolutely. So. And I know I Raiders going to win out, right? But <laughs> no, well, right, I've been yeah. saying this all along when I was watching uh, last Monday's game, and yeah, the Patriots, you know, hung with the Chiefs kind of tough. But um, I know a question that they would always have for like the Patriots when they would win the Super Bowl all the time is, what is the Chiefs' motivation? They're going in the locker room like you know they're the best team in the world. They won the Super Bowl. They they look like they're going to win another Super Bowl. Uh, I think that they're due for a real letdown spot, uh, mainly because you know how how often would they win like fourteen straight now? I mean, I, when when's the letdown coming? It has to come soon, or yeah. eventually. I agree. Yeah, this is good. I I love the Raiders pick too, Zach. And I mean, I like the whole teaser, I, and I like the Rams because it's just it's just insurance because you know they're gonna win. And you said the line was you teased down to one and a half, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, they're they're gonna win. They're just gonna win outright, kind of like what I said about them and the Giants last week, even though they kind of put a little scare in us. <laughs> um, you know, so that's just when you have that, essentially you're taking the money line, but you're, you're teasing them. Like I, I love making picks like that too. Um, so I think this is good. I'm going to add that to my own ledger. I uh, just bet it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll grab my cell phone soon and, uh, and place that bet Cause your teasers, man, they hit. So, well, hopefully um, this we is the give first you week segment. We, I, I'm under a lot of pressure. Here. This is the first <laughs> week where it's a solo segment. So I feel like I, <laughs> I owe it to our listeners. I did my study in. I crunched the numbers. I looked to get the best numbers possible. And uh, listen, let's give it a shot, baby. It's it's honestly, in my opinion, it's low risk, high reward because it's one unit that you could easily get over one and a half for. So it's it really is when you hit them. That's how you get your ledger up quick. Oh, absolutely, and that's what we're all about here. And um, speaking of plays that we're all really into, uh, let's let's throw to the big bank. Big Bank Picks. All right, guys. Um, I was 2-1 last week. Uh, so if you don't mind, I, I'm just so excited to get this play out to you guys. So, And I believe Zach has something also on this. But I am actually going to go Rams first quarter minus only a half. So they basically just have to have the lead at the end of the first quarter. I'm going for 1.8 units. There's a reason for that because I have a 0.2 unit play on something really kind of stupid. But anyway, um, that's minus 110 odds. 1.8 units. So let's talk about 
yeah, I know the one thing, and I know that Joe uses this in his handicaps too, is there is an, an old um, tale of West Coast-based teams, so like your Rams, your Raiders, your Chargers, etc., playing at 1 o'clock on the East Coast. And the reason is, you know, that's really like 10 o'clock their time, quote-unquote. They come, it's they're sleepwalking, things like that. Well, let's kind of hold this up to the light. West Coast favorites at 1, 1 p.m. on the East Coast, they're 50% against the spread from 2016 to 2019. Okay, not bad. But they've had two seasons of 60%, which was 2016 and 2018. And so they're 50% against the spread total, and they had a 1-6-1 one, one record in 2017. So that leads me to believe that the bookmakers – so the, the way that this trend is not very consistent and everyone thinks that it's a trend, it leads me to believe that the bookmakers, they kind of don't factor in the West Coast playing early on the East – into the line. So, for example, um, the Cardinals are at the Jets. That's not that's not my play, obviously, but they're there, and um, that line is minus seven. If that game was at four o'clock in in on the East Coast, I think it still would be minus seven. Now, if it was in Arizona, of course, they would change it because of home field and things like that. But anyway, now let's look into so so basically. Step one is I don't think the bookmakers really put that into account when it comes to making the line. I think that they they really just take situation, home field, and personnel changes. Now let's see the trend in the first half of the seasons. The, the West Coast teams are 16, 20, and 2, playing at 1 o'clock. Before taking a dip in the second half of the season, they're 11, 19, and 3, which is a 37%. So basically, why am I saying all those things? You don't want to take a West Coast team playing at 1 o'clock on the East Coast unless it's early in the season, which we have this. And the West Coast team is favored, which we have this. Now let's boil this down to the first quarter only. Now he, it, buckle up. If you stayed with me this long, this is where where I really Can I interject win. real quick. Of course, I don't know if you know this. Sean McVay is undefeated on the East Coast in one o'clock games. Okay, so so, so that even helps e even more, even more so. I, okay. I, I had heard that on the radio, and I just verified it with them beating the Giants this past week, even though that was a four o'clock game. Right, undefeated. Yep. Wow. Okay. So, so that even adds to the handicapper right, right before I even win you guys over. But here's, here's where we like it in the first quarter so much. The Rams are tied for seventh in the first quarter scoring. They, they average a touchdown in the first quarter per game. The Reds, uh, excuse me, the Washington football team, they're tied for last with 1.8 points in the first quarter per game. Uh, now let's go to possession. Rams have the ball 58 and a third. Um, Time of possession in the first quarter is on average, while Washington has the least amount of first quarter time of possession. Um, now they've also defensively, the Rams have given up the second least points with two and a half in the first quarter. The, the Washington team gives up 7.8 points in the first quarter. Um, sorry, I'm very repetitive today. Uh, basically, all signs point to the You're Rams. Excited. The Rams are going to go into uh, at the end of the first quarter up 14. Now, let's talk about, and I have another handicap that has to do with quarterback changes and how to adjust the points. Now, of course, Ron Rivera is going to Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen has the smallest hands on earth, and he fumbles the ball all the goddamn time. I actually have Kyle Allen as a downgrade to Dwayne Haskins. I know that Joe has a play on this a little bit later, and he has Kyle Allen as an upgrade. Of course, agree to disagree. But um, I think that Kyle Allen's due for a couple turnovers because he almost – I believe he led the league in fumbles if, uh, besides Daniel Jones last year. Mm -hmm. But so – Kind of similar to my handicap last week where I think that the Washington football team will have the ball once or twice. They're going to turn the ball over. I think the Rams are going to capitalize on that. Um, something to look at, though, you know, first quarter minus a half for minus 110. 
Uh, the Rams money line first quarter is minus 220, which means that they have to be leading by more than a point. So um, I'm basically getting a half discount there. And if you're worried that it might be tied 7-7 or 0-0, um, that exact outcome is plus 400. So if you really are that scared, take my play and then also take that plus 400 as a little bit of gravy on top. Yeah. I love it, Dean. I love Great. it so much that we're going to have to convince the fans to double dip. Because my first big bank play is the Rams' first half, minus four. And that's for even money. That is actually plus 100. Let's so, go. like I said, even money here. Um, so, Washington averaging only six points in the first half through the first four games. Rams are averaging almost 12. Just by law of averages there, that's a difference of six points. That's a cover. Why I like the first half and not the game? Because Kyle Allen is the unknown. We saw him as the pan with the Panthers. He had multiple high turnover games, other games where he looked serviceable, if not good. Uh, not to mention the Rams' defense have only allowed more than 20 points in an entire game once this entire season, and that was against the Bills. The first half will be for Kyle Allen to figure out how one of the worst offenses in the leagues operates against a sneaky top 10 defense. It's coming off of a poor performance against the Giants last week, right? The Rams, even though they got the win, I think if they go back and look at the film, they're like, ugh. What a stinky offense. That defense is not that good. It was just a bad game plan. For this reason, the Rams are going to be a ball out and oh, excuse me, get the ball down the field early. Um, and I really think that if they open up a two-score lead in the first half or first quarter, like Dean said, watch out for the turnover machine. Kyle Allen, they're going to start trying to push the ball down the field, and that usually means mistakes. I like this a lot. I'm going one unit on this. Rams first half, even money minus four. Wow, love it! I love the double dip, and we actually have um, kind of against the against us a little bit later with uh, Joe Pick. He does like the Redskins, uh, I believe, plus nine and a half. So, um, of course, we'll we'll give Joe his own segment because I don't believe he has a sounder for us. But he did text the picks in. But yeah, honestly, I just don't see how. Um, I, I really. If the Rams do get backdoored, it will be in the second half. I think that me and Zach are extremely safe going first quarter, first half. Yeah, this, this. I was going to ask if this is a game too that you guys will be maybe doing some live betting in the second half. Should nope. things pan out the way that you expect in the first half? So funny now, enough, John, uh, I, Zach, I'm hearing a no from you. I said no because I think that if you're going to double dip on the first half, take your money and turn it into a four o'clock win. That's my okay. opinion. Yeah. See, <laughs> okay. see, here's yeah. what I'm looking at actually, and I did this last week um, in the Ravens and Washington game. Um, I actually went, uh, I, of course, I won my Ravens first quarter bet. And then I took that money and I kind of reinvested it on some of the live lines you could get on some of these teams are like Washington plus 22 and a half, uh, things of, of that nature. I know last week I had a Cowboys and John, I hope you're sitting down. I had the Cowboys plus 25 and a half at one point. And of oh course that, that covered easy. These books, they, they overreact to stuff. And of course yeah. it's all ag algorithm based. Whereas now in the, in the regular week, you know, weekly lines, there's a bookmaker actually crunching numbers. Um, live betting is strictly algorithmic. So you could definitely catch the books with the pants down. So if the Redskins are getting their, or excuse me, the Washington team, I, one of these days, I won't, I won't say the R word, but if the Washington football team are getting their doors blown off, I might want to reinvest back in. Um, I think my buy price would be like a 21 and a half, as long as they're not down by like 50 or so. Right. Cool. Cool. I really like that. Um, I'll be watching that game intently too, as a Rams better. Uh, I think I took the Rams like twice in this big bank. I'll be looking at them too. Um, you know what I'm going to do? My first big bank play. I know I said last week 
that uh, to fade the Giants, fade the New York football teams, not named Buffalo, until further notice. Well, this week I'm doing a little home cooking here, uh, and I'm taking it. Uh, you know, I, I'm. I, it's not so much the fandom that's getting me; it's the numbers. So I took an alternate line on FanDuel. I'm getting the Giants plus ten and a half at minus one twenty odds. Key number: Don't get hooked. Taking a cue from Zach. Um, I think that a Giants 10-point loss sounds mm, divine. It sounds like (laughs) that's exactly what's going to happen. So I'll take the Giants getting that extra half point. Uh, And, Zach, say it with me. This is a Jason Garrett revenge game. Oh, Oh, the first one of the year. I love it. The first one of the year. uh, I mean, if you know anything about football, Jason Garrett was the head coach of the Cowboys since 2011 prior to last year or this year rather and he's been with the team i think since 2007 and he used to call the plays he obviously knows the offense and that's where the giants might have a little bit of an edge looking at the giants defensive numbers they're giving up uh, only 24 points per game which is actually the 13th best quote unquote they're right in the middle of the pack um and they're only giving up 328 yards per game which is the fifth best in the nfl wow. Wow. so it's, I know. When I look at these numbers, it's insane. The Giants' problems are not with the defense. It's with their horrible offense. On offense, 11.8 points per game. That is, a bit, that is the Ugh. worst in the league. That's terrible. That's where it's hard for me. I can never take the Giants to win a game until they prove me otherwise. <laughs> right? What I do see, though, um, so, so their offense is really bad. I think that their edge is going to be in how Garrett, uh, you know, might give some tips to the Giants defense to slow down this Cowboys offense. The Cowboys offense uh, has scored 31.5 points per game, which is the third best, but their defense has given up 36.5 points per game, which is the worst. So you have some weird juxtapositions here between the two teams. This is how I see game script happening. I see the Cowboys coming out to a slow start. I see the Giants maybe capitalizing on a thin Cowboys defense who have no linebackers, um, essentially no pass rush from what we've seen, and their secondary is burnable. I think that the Cowboys play out of necessity. We've seen in their second halves, uh, I mean, they only have one win. It's against the Falcons who collapsed, but the Cowboys had to score, I don't know how many points in the second half to win. Mm. So if the Giants aren't able to score a lot of points, which I anticipate they won't, again, 11.8 points per game, the Cowboys are not going to be forced to score until time becomes an issue. So this could be something as, as simple as a 14-10 to 10 win for the Cowboys. It could be a 30-20 to 20 win uh, for, for the Cowboys too. Uh, I, d- I don't think the Giants are winning this game, but I do love getting the 10 and a half. Um, the, the Dallas defense, 430 yards per game – uh, given up, which is still the third worst. And I'm not saying that that the Giants' offense is going to start shredding this bad defense apart. But again, they have to come in the middle. I do think the Giants will score more than 11.8 this game. Uh, and I do think the Cowboys uh, are not going to give up 36.5 points to the so, Giants. So, John, um, big question here yeah. is, um, first of all, really do love your handicap. This was a hard game for me to slice because the Cowboys' defense is historically bad, but also the Giants' offense is historically bad. Right. So something's got to give there. Um, the one thing that I did like last week in watching a lot of that Rams game was that I really feel like Joe Judge has kind of instilled this big, nasty attitude. Um, yeah. Defense takes effort, and I see a lot of effort out of these linebackers. Also, a very um, 
quiet signings this year of the, the Giants getting both starting middle linebackers from the Packers. What was that? Yeah. Uh, Blake Martinez and Kyler yes. Fackerel, correct? Yeah, Blake Martinez has been great. They're, they're both really good, and yeah. it's crazy that the Giants just picked them up for, for nothing where middle linebacker was kind of a huge problem last year. So, right. um, yeah, the, the, the Giants defense really um, has a lot of effort, and last week the, the Giants impressed me running the football. They really kind of, even though they have a shitty offensive line and bad running backs, they really put their head down and ran the football. Um, so now I guess this comes to my, my final question. John, yeah. why not play the under? of the game. I think you're, you're saying that both are going to regress to so, some kind of a middle point, which, you know, following that logic, I agree with the 10 and a half, but at the same time, the game total, I believe is 54. Okay. Yeah. I like playing the under there too. Right. Um, based on what I've said, the giants can't really score on offense. The Cowboys won't need to score much on offense. Um, and they're not going to blow. I don't see a blowout here. I don't see a shooter happen here. So I, so I think that's a good play in this situation is, is taking the under. You said it was 54 and a half. Well, I'm yeah. Not yeah, so yeah because uh, game totals uh, this year are on average 51, yeah. 51 and a half. Even if you say the Cowboys, let's say my handicap is thrown out the window, Cowboys scored 28 points and the Giants can only score 10. I'm only talking 38 points at mm -hmm. that point. In order so for, I, I, I say in, taking the under is a good option. In order for an over to hit, you need both teams to participate, and it sounds like the Giants' offense really can't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're just looking at what the numbers say and not factoring into how Jason Garrett might coach up this team – Mm -hmm. You know, the Cowboys could score 30, but the Giants are only scoring like 14. Right. Um, so, so anything over, yeah, 54 is just way too high. I would probably take it around like 48, 49. Mm -hmm. I, and that was, that was the old league average was uh 47 and a half. So definitely we're, we're cracking down some numbers and we, we even hatched a little bet um, out of a good handicap um, for a yeah. different bet. So it's yeah. very fun. John's play of course was Giants plus 10 and a half. Uh, what was the odds on that again? Uh, minus 120. Okay, so not bad. You're only laying ten cents to a dollar uh, for a little bit of an extra insurance. But guys, here's one that I am not over a key number. I'm just taking the regular old minus one ten spread, and that is the Miami Dolphins plus nine and a half minus one ten for one unit. I'm going to go into another concept. I know that I've regaled you all with West Coast teams playing on the East. Well, don't worry, I'll never say that again. But anyway, I'm going with quarterback and how many points are quarterbacks worth? Because I believe that this line, San Francisco minus nine and a half, is because I think that the books are pricing in that Jimmy Garoppolo might play. Well, guys, here's what I'm saying about the, the 49ers cluster injury situation. I don't think that Jimmy G is going to play, and I don't think Raheem Mostert is going to play. And I'll tell you why. Because you know who the 49ers have coming up? Home against the Rams, in New England, in Seattle, home against the Packers, in New Orleans. Why rush everyone back this week? I think that this might be wow. the first look-ahead spot in the entire NFL this year. That's I think the, Yeah, <laughs> the Niners have an insane schedule coming up. Why not let Jimmy G and Moster and all these playmakers really kind of rest up a little bit more? Um, so really, how much points better would the 49ers be with Jimmy Garoppolo over Nick Mullins, over C.J. Beathard? Well, actually, I have... Um, CJ Beathard about a point better than Mullins. Um, I was actually surprised that Mullins was the guy and not Beathard. Um, I feel like Beathard played better um, than Mullins in the past. Both players have actually played pretty much a lot. But let's look at the, the impact of the injuries. In 2019, San Francisco ran the ball second most in the NFL at a rate of 51.39% of all their plays. This season, with all the cluster injuries, they only run the ball 41.44% of the time. Um, that means that they don't have the right personnel to run the offense that they want. Um, you're going to see with Devo Samuel and Brandon Ayu coming back that uh, – Kyle Shanahan likes to do motions. I believe last year the stat was the 49ers run motion on 74% of plays. We're going to see a lot of jet sweeps. If you could take any wide receiver rushing 
total props over like Debo Samuel or Brandon Ayuk. I know um, on Monday night, I or Sunday night was that? I don't know. I'm getting my days all mixed up uh, in isolation. <laughs> but um, Ayuk jumped over someone on a 38-yard run. I think that the Niners are going to try to run the ball a little bit more. I think that they're going to hold Mostert out because he had a knee, and that's not something that you come back uh, from. So let's try to figure out why is the line nine and a half? Okay, fine. They're home. Great. That's three points. Um, let's just say Jimmy G is playing. So maybe he's six point better than Bethard and Mullins. Uh, still, at that point, that would make them even on a neutral field with Bethard playing. I mean, the, the number just doesn't make any sense to me. I think that this line should be about seven or six and a half or seven and a half, give or take, not nine and a half. I think the Dolphins are completely good enough. This is strictly a math play. And also it's a look ahead spot. Why risk the re-injury when you have such a hard schedule coming up? Hmm. That's a very interesting way to handicap that, Dean. I really like that. Yeah. I would I, I I very very seldomly look more than probably the next week ahead when I handicap. I think that's something I'm gonna have to start doing a little bit more often. I really like that. All right. Well, yeah. I get the vote of confidence from the people, and of course that is for one unit at minus one ten. Yeah, and, and you're taking a team, I feel like so so often it's just well, this you know, a team like the Dolphins sucks, like they're not worth anything. Um, but you have to really look at the numbers, realize that they played a very, they probably played a scary close game with the Seahawks last week, kind of like the Giants and Rams. So they are more than up to it, especially against, right, a Niners team where they, they bench Nick Mullins, right? So he oh, yeah. wasn't playing well. Yeah. It wasn't injury related. No, he threw um, a pick six and they just plucked yeah. the ass. I, I don't think any of their big guy, Jimmy G, I think is still going to be out. Raheem Mostert, like you said, still out. Um, <laughs> George Kittle put on a clinic last week. Oh, my God. He did. Um, I personally suffered on that one in <laughs> fantasy, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but it's going to be tough. I mean, if that is really your offense, then, you know, they're going to they're gonna know to put an extra guy on him on every play. You know, you, you, you try to neutralize that point of attack. Um, and, and you're right that the Niners make things confusing because there is so much motion. They do a lot of jet sweeps. They do a lot of – I guess you would call them unorthodox things on offense. But their defense is still, you know, able to be picked apart. They're still not completely healthy. And I think the Dolphins are more than up to the task. Love it, love it, love it. And I'm going to give you guys another unconventional play that might surprise you. This is very un-Zach-like, but I feel like because mm. I now have my – I had to do something a little, little different, and I was kind of looking at the lines – and I don't know, I was kind of scratching for something, and then I just kept on looking at the game props. This one kind of tickled my fancy a little bit, and it's kind of more of just a, an interesting spot that I like, more so than the team to accomplish it. So I am going to take the Eagles, mm. first half, over total team points, eight and a half. And that's for minus 120 for one unit. The stinky Eagles, right? I really don't like to mess with this team, although they, they won me a pretty penny on Sunday night. Um, Eagles have turned a leaf, barely, right? They got the beat up on two backup quarterbacks last week, and the defense still almost blew the lead because they let them drive down the field. With that being said, despite how much we have shat on him as a podcast, Carson Wentz <laughs> stepped up, right, and he got the job done through the air last week against the 49ers. Uh, with, once again, basically no wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Why do I like this? All right? The idea of Pittsburgh having to be forced into an unexpected bye week last week. Mm -hmm. All right? Big Ben literally publicly stated, I believe it was today or yesterday, 
that not only is upset, he feels like they got shafted. Mm-hmm. All right. They were firing on all cylinders and three and oh, defense is performing, offense is starting to click, and then boom, two week layoff. Yep. Unexpectedly, right? So Eagles average close to 14 points a game in the first half. Carson Wentz is going to be forced to throw the ball down the field. All right, because Pittsburgh has the best run defense in the league, and it's not even close mm-hmm. by a very large margin. Um, I like the idea of Carson Wentz having to throw the ball more simply because, one, he's either going to throw picks, right, turn the ball over, and that will allow Pittsburgh to go up early and often, right? So that means mm-hmm. more passing, more chances to score, get down the field faster. All right. And uh, I think that mostly, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's a spot game. Right, yep. the first bye week, they're going to be rusty. I don't know how the Pittsburgh offense is going to be. The defense having two weeks rest. You think, yeah, they're getting healthy, yeah, but they're also getting out of rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, do the two weeks off? I think that Philly can string together ten points in the first half. I don't think it's impossible. Hell, fucking three field goals. Yeah, that's not right, yeah, right. There. I'm looking for nine. Hell, absolutely. Big Bang can have a sack, fumble for a touchdown, a defensive score. Like nothing's yeah. off the table for eight and a half. I saw that. I'm like, man. I feel like they're giving a Pittsburgh defense way too much respect for the situation that they're in. If this was week four, no buy, I wouldn't touch this. Mm-hmm. It's the spot that I like. I feel like this is kind of taking advantage of a uh, very peculiar situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then also um, one of the games that I kind of started uh, when I was doing my research, I was looking up. Um, I, I could have sworn that uh, Mike Tomlin's a really good coach after the bye weeks, but um, the – He's not. He's seven and nine against the spread as um, a coach after the buys. So it's going to be one of those things where um, that just kind of leads me to believe that he doesn't do a lot of prep work during the bye weeks. He's kind of more of a, you know, go relax kind of a guy. And that coming so suddenly week four, um, I don't think that Mike Tomlin was doing a lot of prep work with their guys. I think everyone's just sitting around twiddling their thumbs, feeling sorry for themselves. I absolutely love that, Zach. That's one that I'm going to take a, a deeper look at because, yeah, I think Tomlin's just not a great bye week coach. And I think especially having them having this bye week be so abrupt, I think the Steelers are going to be completely out of rhythm. I agree. And just like you said, and it's, it's not the fact that it's a bye week. It's the fact that it's a forced bye week. It's mm-hmm. not something that they were planning for. You know, I'm sure when you have your preseason meetings, you discuss what your plans are by the bye week, where you want to be, what you're going to need to adjust, uh, problems that you might face, and then just, you know, basically just having this thrown at you unexpectedly. Yep. It changes the game plan. Absolutely, man. That, that's a really good one. I, this is interesting because I also have this game, but I have something a little different. I'm a little bit more in favor of the Steelers. I'm Ooh. taking them. Uh, their their line is minus seven for minus one fifteen. So Zach, this is a situation that where both of us can win. Hmm. Um, I love those situations, right? Exactly. I mean, an eight and a half point first half. Absolutely. If the Steelers score two touchdowns, something like that, you know, that that's a big win for everybody. Um, what, what I do, you know, I've, I'm a big Steelers backer. In fact, in our AFC episode, I said that they have the chance to win the division. Over the Browns and the Ravens, the Browns are three and three and one, right? And the Ravens are undefeated, I think, still. Um, and and so are the Steelers. So um, they're they're the class of the AFC. Um, why I like them against the Eagles? I looked at a couple of things last week. Um, Eagles only won by five, and they had a pick six. So um, pick sixes to me are a little fluky. You oh, yeah. can't count on them every game. Obviously, it changes the way the game is. So I can't say, oh well, they would have lost you know, 20 to 18 if they didn't get it. I mean, you, you can't – it factors into all aspects of the game. Uh, but still, it was there. They needed that pick six. 
um, against a banged-up 49ers team that was cycling between quarterbacks. They barely got out of a tie. Well, they got out with a tie, but they barely got out of that game against Cincinnati without a loss. I do think that the Eagles are going to get better the more in sync they get. Uh, Peterson is a great coach. Wentz, I think we're starting to question whether this is the guy or not. Um, you know, cert- I know I know a lot of Eagles fans. Certainly, Eagles fans are. I mean, they overreact to fuck everything. But um, I think the mainstream is starting to say, okay, Carson Wentz can kind of bail you out on certain plays, but can he be the guy to string consistent winning football uh, throughout an entire season? And then, of course, the big question is leading teams in the playoffs, which he has yet to do. Um, The Eagles had five sacks uh, also against the Niners. Uh, The Steelers have only given up five sacks in three games this season. So I don't think that pass rush is going to get to them. I think that the Steelers being on a quote-unquote mini-buy can work to their advantage. Uh, It's extra rest. It's early enough in the season where I think that we saw the Steelers week one against the Giants kind of looking rusty, but they quickly got into their rhythm. Um, and Mike Tomlin being seven and nine, hey, let's 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 equalize that. You know, let's get it to eight mm. and nine, nine and nine, eventually. Um, I think the the rest is going to help them. Uh, also, I just got to throw out some Steelers defensive stats because they are what they are. I know it's a smaller sample size, so you got to take it a little bit with a grain of salt. It's only three games, um, but uh, the Steelers are, are uh, on. Wait, I can't. I don't know if this is on offense or defense. I'm gonna go to the next ten. The Steelers D is love second. that. I love the little the little note. Um, you know, miss misprint because I do that all the time. I write right. in like little asides and quips, and I'm like, what the hell is this supposed to mean? <laughs> I, it's, I wrote down Steelers 26.7 points per game. I don't know if that's offense or defense. I think <laughs> it's offense because I definitely just, offense. That is offense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the and the Eagles uh, are averaging 21 points per game. So again, it's not exactly seven. Uh, but it's close enough where I think the Steelers could score more and I think the Eagles could score less. Mm. Uh, Steelers' defense is second-best yards per game, 290, fifth-best in points per game at 19. Um, so this is – it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of saying the Steelers are – could very well be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year, and I do think the Eagles are in probably the worst division in football um, who can probably, probably – <laughs> they are the worst division in football. Oh, yeah. They can they one beat up on teams win. like the – what's that? They have what, two combined wins? Yep. Yeah. I think so. Uh, wait, no, three because the three, Eagles just yeah. won. Oh, that's right. Um, but they um, had a hard time in Cincinnati, like I said, had a hard time with a beat-up Niners team. Um, and I just th- – if the Steelers weren't as good as they were, let's, uh, let's go back to the Raiders, a two-and-two two team that's very middle of the road. I'd probably feel more comfortable taking the Eagles getting points. But in this situation, I think this is just a better coach team, better mm-hmm. roster. I think that the Steelers defense is going to throw Carson Wentz on the ground all night. Uh, I think the seven-point spread is a key number that is just – it's too good to pass up. So that's going to be my next unit play. Yeah, I think that this this whole bet, um, as far as full game goes, I think it comes down to the timeline of Carson Wentz. And it's kind of similar to that what me and Zach said about the Rams, whereas Joe ha- is backing the other side, it's kind of the same thing. Um, when it comes to a derivative, uh, we very well all could be right here. I think that Carson mm-hmm. Wentz, 
Um, while he's not the worst, he's also not the best. So I think that that really behooves him playing good in spurts. And I think that's more likely that he plays better in the first half than he does the second half. And yeah. Zach's is just a total. So it doesn't even mean that the Eagles have to be um, winning at the half. All it is is just they have to show up to play, exactly. which I think is very likely. Nine points, baby. Nine points. <laughs> that's it. Let's go. What, what was the game where they went? Was it the Falcons where they went for two? What team like just automatically went for two? On like their first touchdown. Oh, the Eagles do that all the time. They they did what, that. Uh, in, the Eagles. Yeah, they did. They did that. Um, against San Francisco, they were winning eight to seven and a half. Oh, yeah. so there. You, so there you go. So Zach, that helps you too. I mean, if you could get eight points on one possession and a field goal at some point. I mean, well, it could hurt because if you if you go for the the touchdown and the two and they don't get it and then they kick a field goal, that's just not. Oh, that you're so yeah, safe. that's nine. Yeah. <laughs> so good line. So you you may think for the Eagles, oh, you know, I want to get to a ten and a half number. Well, no, really, for the Eagles, it could very well be nines and sixes sure. and stuff because they go for two all the time. Yep. Yeah, I'm shocked it's not nine and a half. Really, I mean, I mean that would make a little bit more sense, but definitely. I'll take it. Let's go. So, so we're providing value there. So, um, guys, I'm going to go into my my very final play. This is kind of up there with uh, Dog Pound, mainly because I'm going for an alternate line total, which I've done, I'm pretty sure, every single week. So for this way, I'm going the other way. I'm getting an alternate line plus 120. I'm going Vikings and Seahawks over 59 and a half. I'm, I'm going to extra two points because I think this is going to be extremely high scoring. Um, not a lot of math here. Uh, not a lot of concepts. I've been going, you know, heavy with the concepts this week. But here we go. I had to take something on the Vikings. I watch the team every every goddamn week. Uh, Lord help me. This is why I drink. But anyway, both <laughs> offenses are top five in yards per play. Um, they both uh, average more than six yards per play. Both are top six in points per play. That goes into how quickly a team could score. And both defenses give up over six yards per play. Six. So let's just humor me here. Both offenses start at the 25. That means on average they'll score a touchdown in 12 and a half plays. Um, on average, you know, it could be quicker. So um, I definitely think that there's going to be a ton of points scored here. No Jamal Adams, no 12th man. Um, Kirk Cousins, of course, has a piss poor record playing in primetime games. Um, I believe it's something like 427 and 1. Um, uh, honestly, I think that this will just help Cousins. It'll help Cousins be relaxed with no uh, ravenous fan crowd. He'll be able to hear everything. Actually, in my notes, it said this will help Cousins not shit down his pant leg. Um, I mean that, of <laughs> course, figuratively and literally. Russell Wilson will literally do whatever he wants to the Vikings secondary. Um, I'm gonna just going to take an extra possession. I think that this game total is going to be somewhere in the 60s. Um, I mean, if you really think about it like this, the Patriots-Seahawks game total ended up being 65. And in that game, Jamal Adams played the first half. And the Patriots defense has an amazing secondary compared to the Vikings who have no cornerbacks. I think that this is going to be an easy, easily the highest scoring game on the board this week. Nice. I'm just going to go for a little tiny alternate line. It's 0.2 units, which I believe, <laughs> if my math is correct, that's four dollars. <laughs> plus one. That's a record low for the Big Bang. I think it is. Too, but and, and the play. only the only reason why is because I love my Rams first quarter bet so yeah. much. So I am sprinkling <laughs> a little bit on it, and I am also going heavy on that Rams as 1.8 units. So that's that, and also. I don't know why I left this all the way down here, but when we were talking about the Cardinals, I know that none of us have that game. The Cardinals are actually two and ten against the spread at one p.m. start times on the East Coast. Huh. So, and that's uh, in the last five years. So I've learned but, my lesson after last week. I'm not messing with the Cardinals for the yeah, foreseeable. They, they suck, and Kyler Murray is a horrible, horrible guy. Anyway, yeah. So Viking Seahawks, ton of points. Love it. Love uh, it. I love it. So I will move on to my last one, guys, mm -hmm. and. Uh, is game surprise surprise also in my teaser 
Uh, Chargers plus eight and a half. All right, one unit. That's at New Orleans. Monday night, baby. Herbert Mania is running wild on the NFL right now, despite him having a losing record. Uh, in only three starts, he's got 931 yards, five touchdowns, and even more impressive, of a 102.2 passer rating. Mm. While Herbert is trending up, the Saints are trending down. Yes. Last week, they got a big win over Detroit, but that game was more of a Lions loss than a Saints win. They dug mm -hmm. themselves into a 14-point early deficit and ran through a decimated Lions defense to come all the way back. Despite a cluster of injuries, the Chargers still boast a top-10 pass defense, which I didn't even know until I looked that up. Um, another tidbit I love, in Herbert's three starts, he's not lost by more than six points. And mm -hmm. these are not by schlub teams, all right? Lost by three to the Chiefs in overtime. If Anthony Lynn was aggressive, which he should have been, that could have easily been an outright win. Panthers lost by five, and the Bucks they had a huge lead, wound up losing by six. Thank you for covering the spread, Bucks. Uh, <laughs> the Bucks and Chiefs, I would argue, are on the same level, if not better, than the current Saints. I love, 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 love over a touchdown spread here for the Chargers. I think this game is going to be super competitive. Anytime you're getting more than a touchdown and a hook, you love it. So I'm taking the Chargers with the eight and a half points. Yeah, I, I really do like that one. And, of course, we allude to it all the time where, um, you know, all all four of us, Mikey, uh, my my father, uh, Joe, Joe and Mikey's father, Chris, who's in our channel, um, we do run a super contest. And in that super contest, I definitely have the Chargers. Uh, that's a, my long about way to get there. But, yeah, I, I think anything more than – a touchdown for Herbert, I think, is complete backdoor cover area. I know Joe has a play on the Bengals with backdoor Burrow. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely buying in on uh, Justin Herbert, which is funny because in the draft I said that he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, listen, he's still out. But. Yeah, I mean, it's been a couple of games. He's, he's doing well. Um, I also have a play on this game. So, Zach and I, we're on the same wavelength this week, it seems like. We're taking different things. Um, I took the total here. Uh, for minus 115 odds, I'm putting a unit on the over, which is 50 and a half, which I thought was really low, uh, considering that the Saints are averaging 30.8 points per game and the Chargers are averaging 20.8 points per game. So you add those up, it's just over 51. Um, but uh, the Saints have had to put up 34 and 35 points in both their wins. And just last week, the Chargers had to score 31 to stay close with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So these are teams that are winning with offense, I think, uh, more so than their defense. Uh, looking at – I'm going to go back to Herbert Mania. Um, Anthony Lynn committed to him over Tyrod Taylor, which was a no-brainer. Finally. Um, yeah, <laughs> finally. Um, Tyrod, poor guy, has been, you know, has been benched, I think, three separate times now by younger starters. Um, but this is not a Tyrod Taylor podcast. Why I like Justin Herbert uh, is the fact that the uh, he's shown that he can beat teams through the air. Yes, they're on a three-game losing streak, um, but he's shown you know uh, the ability to stand up uh, against some of the better teams in the league uh, and 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 play with some heart. The Chargers just lost uh, Austin Eckler for the next month or so. Um, Joshua Kelly is their rookie running back. He's got a case of the fumbleitis. So um, Anthony Lynn, being a former running back himself, is probably having a little bit of dilemma whether he wants to go with Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly here. I know I'm getting a little bit into fantasy aspects. But what does this mean, I think, ultimately is Herbert's going to have to throw the ball more, especially if the Saints put up more points. So this could have the potential of being a shootout 
I mean, if both teams put up 30 points, I'm 10 points over just about on the original over. Um, and I'm asking mm. for both teams to put up at least 25, 26 points, which I'm comfortable doing. Um, within the division themselves, I'll add this too. Uh, the Saints are fighting with the Buccaneers, who are in first place. And there's some competition with Carolina now. Carolina is also 2-2. Two and two, um, And they have a good matchup this week. So um, the Saints need to keep their foot on the gas. And Drew Brees and some of the offense hasn't been playing, I think, up to their potential. So even if they do that, they could score more points. And like I said with the Chargers, the Chargers, one and three, they're on a skid. Um, they're fighting within the division too. But the division outside of the Kansas City Chiefs is still within reach. So I just see that this is going to be a point explosion. Monday Night Football, I think typically it's weird. Thursday Night Football seems to be on the lower end of points. But Monday Night Football always seems to be these like big, raucous – uh, you know, displays of offense, uh, at least from what I've seen recently. So I'm very comfortable here. I do like the Chargers getting eight and a half points too, Zach. I think they could very well win this game. Ever since the Saints lost, uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago to um, the Raiders, uh, mm -hmm. the Saints aren't exactly, you know, world beaters from week in and week out, very undisciplined team, like you said. So I'm, I love this game. I knew I had to take something. I think the over, the total. 15 and a half is the safest thing. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, like I just said, they're in my uh, super contest ledger. I'm, I'm really into that. I'm definitely going to look deeper into the game total. Um, it, it's funny that you mentioned, John. I usually am a full-on pass. I actually think I said I sent in our group chat earlier that I absolutely never bet on the Thursday night games, um, yeah. aside from you know maybe every once in a while a player prop and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but the Sunday night and Monday night games, at the end of my gambling week, I'm usually way up, so I take stuff. So, yeah, definitely I'm going to be looking into um, that play uh, very much so. Cool. I love it. So, cool. Dean, do you have Joe's picks so we could sit here and criticize him? <laughs> not only, he's down slash not here. Not only do I have the fresh off the 0-3 Joe's picks, so, of course, uh, when we all test negative again, um, you know, I'm pretty much Cam Newton, John, Stephen Gilmore. But, um, yeah, when we all test negative, we'll be back live in studio, and you will hear a song, a full song from me and a little uh, singing number from Joe for going 0-3 yeah. last week. But uh, Joe's plays, he has the Redskins plus 9.5. He's saying that the uh, – excuse me, not the Redskins. He, to, to my credit, Joe wrote Redskins. Um, he has the Washington football <laughs> team plus 9.5. Um, also, if the, the term Redskin offends anyone, we're, we're sorry for – continually doing it. I mean, I've been a football fan for 22 years, so it just naturally slips out. So it's going to be a little bit of adjustment. So sorry, we don't mean to be offensive at all. Um, it just is a, a natural slip of the tongue, uh, although we do joke about it sometimes. So if you are offended, just let us know at winning TX pod and I will apologize. I'll send you a video of me apologizing. Anyway, yes, the Washington <laughs> football team, plus nine and a half, he brought up a good point saying that the Rams, this is their third travel spot to the East. So the Rams are kind of going back and forth all throughout the year. Mm -hmm. um, John, you did have, you did mention that Sean McVay is undefeated um, East Coast one o'clock, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, he said Chase Young is back, who has been great. Um, new quarterback and Joe actually said that he thinks he's about the same as Haskins. I think the market uh, rated him a, a point worse, which I did actually. So he's got the Washington football team plus nine and a half. He also has the Bengals plus 13. He's saying uh, Burrow is a textbook backdoor guy. He's mobile. He's got, he honestly, can we say enough about Joe Burrow? He's been fantastic uh, recently. Mm -hmm. Lamar Jackson's a little bit banged up. He missed back-to-back -back practices. I know that um, even with that last week, uh, me and Zach both had Lamar Jackson over on passing yards and, uh, 
he proved that he is literally Tyreek Hill lining up under center. Uh, he really doesn't <laughs> throw the ball. He just runs, yeah. and yeah, he's athletic. But um, you know, I think that we are all pretty well. At least I am low on Lamar, and so is uh, Joe. So he's saying Lamar Jackson's a little bit banged up. He's saying that the Bengals are um, about somewhere from twenty-two to twenty-five in his power rankers. Uh, excuse me, power rankings. So they're not that bad. And then here's one that I actually do disagree with. I would have taken this one, but the time of the game was a little bit um, undecided. Here's the Patriots minus 11. He's saying that they're really undervalued because they played bad. Big time misleading uh, final. Of course, we talked about the pick sixes and the non-calls and stuff. Broncos won, even though there were minus three in turnovers, which I agree that's not sustainable. Um, they're not very good. That was just the Jets being really bad. Uh, the Broncos are not very good, and the Patriots need a get-right game. Um, that's one that I, I get it, but at the same time, I don't think the Patriots are being undervalued because they are minus 11. I think that's a huge yeah. spread. Is Cam Newton playing? Do we know? No, no. Cam Newton is out for the next three weeks at least. I'm, I'm not comfortable either laying 11 points. I know the Broncos aren't very good either. The Patriots are the better team just, you know, like flat out. No one's arguing that, even even with their quarterback, quote-unquote, issues now. Um, but I think that this game could be like almost like a trap game, but not really, because it's just two teams that had completely different plans at the start of the season, and they're now in going in, in odder directions. Who's, mm-hmm. this, who's the quarterback for the Broncos now? Uh, that would still be Brett Rippon. Oh, that's right, Brett, Brett Rippon, right, who – Really didn't have much of a showing against the Jets, who are probably the worst team in the league. I mean, he played well. I think the one thing about Rippon is that he was um, throwing downfield. He does have a lot of that moxie. Um, almost, the, you know, it's funny. The player comparison we're going to bring up for Brett Rippon is Drew Locke. <laughs> you know, he's unafraid. <laughs> he throws the ball downfield. I will say the one thing about, uh, about the Broncos is their skill positions are fantastic. I mean, they have um, – Jerry Judy looks like a monster. Tim Patrick yeah. actually is turning into something. Noah Fant's a little bit banged up. I mean, they got Melvin Gordon. They should be getting Philip Lindsay back. So their skill positions, they could really be something. Sure. Uh, you know, I really do root for Drew Locke to come back because he's my boy. But at the same time, yeah, Brett, R- Brett Rippon throws the ball downfield, but that's good and bad because he threw a couple picks is, last Is he a week. rookie? Yes. Uh, he is a uh, I don't know. He's never played before, though, but he, he was definitely undrafted. Okay. Not I'd a big name see, guy. I know, I know Belichick statistically against rookie quarterbacks is, I mean, he's insane. Um, they, they don't win. They don't win against Belichick. So 11 seems a little much, um, but I could, I could see the play. Um, the, I wanted to just touch on the other two games too. Um, I, if Washington, it's tough to back. I do think that they actually is a boost with Kyle Allen because he knows Ron Rivera. And I don't think Dwayne Haskins is very good. And the Rams, you know, they were within eight against the giants who are arguably a worse team than the Redskins. So the Rams almost played down to their opponent. They seem to be one of those teams. Um, they scored a ton of points against the Bills because they had to, right? Um, and so so I could see that covering. And I love a little black, a backdoor burrow. 13 seems still a little – it seems like not enough. This is one, Zach, I would absolutely tease to 19 and not and not even look at it again. I'd be like, yeah, that's yep. a win. It's an absolute win. 13, it's within two possessions. I could see the Ravens maybe running away with it at the end. And, you know, the the I don't think this is another three touchdown Joe Mixon game in the works. Uh so so it's it's interesting, Joe. These are after going 0 3, this is a, an interesting series of picks. Um, I don't think any of them are safe, which is good because that's what we're providing you here on the podcast. Um, but I wish I wish you the best of luck with all of them. 
Absolutely. I'm excited to hear. I think Joe's due for a bounce back. Of course, after I went 0-3, I turned out a 4-2 and over a two-week uh, record. So you're definitely going to want to be backing Joe. And, of course, we gave a ton of good plays this week. Um, and as a quick little recap, I'm going to go ahead and just say I had uh, the Dolphins plus 9.5 for one unit. I had the Rams first quarter minus a half a point for 1.8 units. And then I had the Vikings – Seahawks over 59 and a half for plus 120 odds at 0.2 units. And I had the Rams first half at even money, minus four for one unit. Eagles first half team total over eight and a half points, minus 120 for one unit. And Chargers plus eight and a half for minus, excuse me, for one unit. Awesome. Uh, my three plays are each one unit. The Giants plus 10 and a half at minus 120 odds. The Steelers minus seven at minus 115 odds. And finally, the Chargers and Saints over 50 and a half points at minus 115 odds. There we go. And then Joe had Washington plus nine and a half, Bengals plus 13, and Pats minus 11. Awesome. One unit each, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Let's wrap it up by going to the dog pound. The dog pound. All right, I'll kick things off. I'm staying with the dogs here. The Cleveland Browns guys have really impressed me. Um, they scored 49 on the Cowboys, who I know don't have a great defense, but 49 from the fucking Browns? Like, who would have thought that, you know, prior to this season? Um, I think that they certainly uh, are going to suffer a little bit in their run game because they lost Nick Chubb, although now they have Kareem leading the way, RB1, oh, yeah. we're excited for him. And uh, some guy named Dernis Johnson uh, that I probably shouldn't have wavered in fantasy at all. Um, <laughs> what I like about this game, why they can win, um, is that both teams like to run. Uh, and I think this could be a, um, a low-scoring game compared to last week's affair. Um, the Colts' defense, too, likes to hold teams low, like we were mentioning during John Ass, only 14 points per game. So I think the small lead – uh, it provides a margin where the Browns could easily win, you know, a very close 21-20 game, something like that. So um, the Browns, Browns have impressed me, so I have to give them credit where credit's due. I didn't find a line on this game that I wanted to put in the big bank, but I'll take them in the dog pound. Awesome. Uh, you know, it's funny. I bungled. I'm a comedy of errors in my dog pound. So I would have had Miami plus 340. I actually did bet that um, in my ledger just because – the almost three and a half to one on a, a very injured Niners team. I think that that honestly could be in play. Um, I actually misread the odds and I thought that the Colts were the underdogs. Uh, John, I actually kind of disagree. I think that okay. the Colts are going to knock them back down to place. I think that the, okay. well, I know that the Browns run the most in the NFL. No Chubb. Cream has a hurt groin. So it's going to be third stringers. And I think that they're going to have to rely on Baker Mayfield. And he absolutely sucks. But guys, I will give you a real one. I'm actually going to go for the low hanging fruit. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers right now. They're plus 106. They're going to end as favorites, I'm pretty sure. Teddy Bridgewater really showed me last week that he has grown a lot since he was on my precious Vikings. And isn't it crazy that the best quarterback the Vikings had in the last, like, 10 years was Teddy Bridgewater, but he didn't play good for us? Very weird. Bridgewater is <laughs> running now. He's um, hitting the open guys. This is a team with not a lot of talent, but uh, Bridgewater is really excelling. And, man, the Falcons – 
ooh, their injury list is specifically just the secondary. They have no safeties left. Uh, DeMonte KZ tore his Achilles. Um, AJ Terrell still has COVID. And uh, yeah, I don't want any part of the Falcons defense. I think that their secondary is going to get absolutely shredded by Robbie Anderson and Teddy Bridgewater. A little bonus, little DFS stuff. Go for Bridgewater. Go for anyone that catches passes on the Fal on the Panthers. The Falcons are dead in the water. I think Dan Quinn, little bonus prediction. Dan Quinn will be fired by week six. <laughs> nice. I, had him. I thought he'd be fired by week four. I can't believe this man right? still has a job. There's got to be a next coach prop of who's going to get fired. And oh, I know yeah. someone said, like, it's if you took Bill O'Brien before Adam Gase, like, you would have made Ooh. a ton of money or something. It's a dogfight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I am just going to pile on. Talk about putting all of my eggs in one basket here. But I can't help myself. Going with the Chargers, plus 290. Let's go. I just, I just, I'm super high on the Chargers. I think Herbert is, is, is right there. He's right there to stiffen that first win. To me, Eckler being hurt is like a, I don't really view it as like an injury that's going to cripple them. All right, I like Eckler is great out of the backfield. He, he's a great pass catcher. He's basically a glorified uh, tiny wide receiver. Uh, I really don't think it's going to hurt their offense. I also think that if they're able to successfully get pressure on Drew Brees, that it is going to be a game changer. And we've seen week in and week out the key to beating the Saints is contain Alvin Kamara because you're not getting the down, uh, downfield threat back. Is Michael Thomas playing? Is he finally I don't there? think so. I don't think so. Yeah. Not yet, at least. All right. Beautiful. That, that, so that works better. Yeah. I'm taking the plus 290. Give me the Chargers. We're throwing all those eggs in that basket, baby. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I like that. I actually considered changing mine. But I already wrote up Browns, so I said, let me keep it with Cleveland. John, I'm, I'm not, not going to lie, dude. I, I also like the Browns this week. So okay. even though Dean doesn't like Stinky Baker Mayfield, I think that the Browns kind of have uh, started to turn a page. They're getting confidence, which is something I haven't had in a very long time. Hey, maybe maybe a little side uh, gentleman's bet uh, off the pod. That'll, that'll <laughs> be kind of fun. Love that. We could do that. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's – wow. This was, this was a jam-packed episode. Like I said, we're happy to be back. We're healthier. I'm going back to work next week, so hey, I'm happy. I could really use those paychecks. Yeah, they're gonna um, they're gonna shove something all the way up my brain tomorrow. So uh, I'm <laughs> I'm getting retested like uh, like Cam Newton will be in a couple of weeks. So um, yeah, so the you yeah. know what our cluster injury situation is getting better. So maybe we'll be recording in person again. Pretty yeah, soon. yeah, we're we'll we'll see soon. Um, but I, this works too. I, I mean, I'm happy to do Zoom, and I think the listeners are very happy with it. So, um, you know, so we're healthier. We're giving you guys, again, some great plays. We had great success last week. Keep following us on social media, the winning uh, – is it at Winning Ticks Pod or the Winning yep. Ticks Pod? Winning TIX Pod. Winning TIX Pod. You'll see, yeah, that graphic. I, I handle the Instagram, uh, Instagram account. Um, I like to put a pick for each, you know, each week, kind of our locks. I ask you guys for your best bets. From time to time, though – Put in the work, you know, listen to this podcast. If you made it this far, you've already listened to it. But for everyone else out there who's asking and waiting for picks, you know, spend the hour. Oh, you yeah. know, it's a short, short part of your day to listen to what we got. And from time to time, I'll put some stuff on there. From time to time, you're going to have to listen. Honestly, back. if you're clamoring for picks that bad, uh, now's a good time to use your free month. There you go. Free month on the Slack channel. Please message Dean, Joe, you know, any of us uh, to get your free month. We're, we're developing a nice base. 
uh, yeah. and people are winning money. So also, um, you know, since since we're a little bit over on time anyway, I just want to go ahead and congratulate myself in the channel. Uh, <laughs> my WNBA record was actually twelve and five. We were up a ton, and um, I capped it off with. The game three of the sweep, Seattle Storm. I had a DraftKings lineup uh, that I actually sent only to Joe, and we both cashed in. I believe I spent nineteen dollars and won one hundred and seventy-six. So we're up a lot of up a lot of units. That's incredible. That's incredible. So you're missing out if you're not following on the channel. Absolutely, we cover we cover sport. literally every sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, including Jersey, football. <laughs> From WNBA, watching Nick Foles and Tom Brady throw up ducks on Thursday night football. We cover it all here on the Winning Ticket Podcast. So stay tuned for next week. Can you believe we're going to be in well, week six, almost halfway Easy. through the season? It always goes by fast. Uh, but please stay tuned. Like I said, thank you for joining us here. We're having fun as minus 1,000 on the Winning Ticket Podcast. I'm John, speaking for Dean, Zach, and Joe. We'll see you next time.